This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich, alongside my dear friend today, Tasha Booth. And we are recording episode 201, celebrating over, getting over that 200 point, which felt like forever, four year, almost four years ago. So celebrating today with Tasha, someone who's been with me in this journey for the entire time, a dear friend and a peer and someone I look up to and do all the hard work next to. So I'm excited to have her here today. And we're going to be talking about a topic that is of interest to you as a service provider. You guys know that there are several different ways that you can build a business as a service provider. And in our framework, we teach the four different options that we see. One of them is retainer. Another one is a project or a consultancy model. Another is the agency model, which is what we're going to dive into today. And then the fourth and one that is least common is that product. So creating a product and selling it to a mass audience. So right there in the middle is our agency option for you. And Tasha is someone who has been able to master this. As we have built our businesses alongside each other, we've both dabbled in different types of, we've had to pivot, if you will, several times because we wanted to, or because that was in our best interest. But in doing that, Tasha has taken one of the turns that she has taken is inside of that agency model. And she's done it so well that other people were coming to her asking her how to do this with excellence. And so she has a program and we're going to dive into just what it looks like to be an agency owner, since that is something that as you get deeper and deeper and you establish more authority and you become more of an expert in operations, that may be an avenue that you are going to explore. So if you don't know my friend Tasha, let me introduce you to her formally, and then you're going to hear an off-the-cuff conversation with us that's going to be helpful for, for you. And then, of course, I just love spending time with her, too. Tasha Booth is an agency owner, a coach, and a podcaster. She is the founder and CEO of The Launch Guild, a full-service launch support agency, working with established coaches and course creators with course and podcast launches. Her team is now over 20 members strong and works together to support their clients in being able to focus back onto their zones of genius. Additionally, she mentors virtual support pros, launch managers, and agency owners who are passionate and ready to grow their businesses while living life on their own terms. She's also the host of the How She Did That podcast, which is a podcast for those virtual support pros to learn business and tech tips. Tasha has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, and Entrepreneur, and she's appeared as a guest speaker for various summits and podcasts, including the one and only Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy and the amazing Julie Solomon's The Influencer Podcast. So that's the formal stiff Tasha for you, but now we're going to break it down. <laughs> Welcome, Tasha. Thank you for having me. It's always wonderful to talk to you. (laughs) Isn't it always a little bit weird whenever someone's reading your bio in front of you? You're like, I know. (laughs) I'm like, really? I did all that. (laughs) Yes. 
it's like, wait, let's get to the playful me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not so serious. <laughs> well, you've accomplished a lot and it's been so fun to just be friends through this journey and have someone that I can lean on when we've got hard questions, big questions, st- we're stumbling and, and all of those things. And then of course, to celebrate the goodness, because both of us have been fortunate enough to have all of those emotions in the course of our time. How long have you been in business? I think we're on year six now. I think we're six. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And we were talking about that whenever we were together at a conference earlier in January this year, I think we have, we must've been introduced to one another very early in both of our businesses. I think, yes. When I think back on like my first year, my first full-time year. So my first full-time year was 2018 and you and Jordan Gill were two of my coffee chats because I did 52 coffee chats in 52 weeks. Both of you were in those coffee chats and still like, number one, I attribute so much of what I've accomplished by the connections that you and I have and what we've been able to do together and how we support our each other in our communities and everything. And it's just really cool to see. <laughs> You know what? This is not what the topic of this conversation is about. But for those of you guys listening, did you just hear what Tasha said? 52 coffee chats in 52 weeks. That is probably, and I know for me, that was a challenge I had for myself early in my business too, but it made so many connections. Some of those people went on to become peers and some of them became peers and clients. Some of them became referral partners and some of them were just one-time conversations, but still enriched me in a way. So we're always looking for ways to find that elusive client that we aspire to work with. And you just got to put yourself out there. And I'm glad that both of us said yes to making that first conversation because here we are six years later. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, you heard in my intro, part of the exploration of being an operator, as you and I both know, is figuring out how we want to grow our businesses. And I'll speak for myself at the beginning, it was more about me doing one-to-one services as a service provider. Hello. And, you know, securing a client. I wanted to work in that retainer model because for me, I needed to replace my full-time six-figure income mm-hmm. and I needed stability. I also wanted some experience in something completely new, at least a new industry for me. And I needed to just kind of get my feet wet for, you know, good old-fashioned saying there, but I needed to understand what it was going to be like so that I could then establish some expertise. And I knew that that was going to come because that's who I've always been. And after I got my feet wet, then it was like, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this better? Because scaling, I was helping all these other companies scale. And I was like, ooh, how is Natalie going to do this? And so that's when I began to flirt with other models. And so I kind of went from a retainer model into a hybrid, what I call a hybrid, which is I had the retainers on a pretty consistent basis. And then I was bringing in some project work to give me like a vacation fund and a retirement fund and all of these other pieces. And I would take those as I could do it. And then another thing that came to me was like, goodness gracious, I've got more leads or more prospects than I have time to serve myself. I love leading people. I don't mind doing the marketing part. So maybe I'll move into an agency model. And so that was kind of my journey. I feel like I've gone through every single model that exists and I'll probably go back through them again. But, um, and we still currently have an agency model here inside of another part of our business, which is the hiring authority. So I feel like I'm familiar with it, but I am really excited for our listeners today to hear from the pro, the person who has helped so many people 
people to create agencies in this exact same area of operations. And it could also be marketing too, but that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So number one question I get whenever we start exploring this inside of the DOO certification is what is the difference in building an agency or being at a place where you start to bring in team members? Like what's the Mm -hmm. difference in those two things? I love this question because I also get it all the time. And I think it is, this question is kind of the differentiator in figuring out if you are starting to build an agency or if you just have a team. And when I say just, I don't think that there's anything wrong with just having a team, right? But it is different. And I want people to be clear on what they're actually building as they build it. So when I think of having an agency, I'm thinking of basically you are duplicating or replicating yourself in the process so that there are other members of your team who are the primary points of contact for your clients. And it's not just you. A lot of times when people first come to me, they've already got a team member or two, but a lot of times they are still the primary points of contact. And so it kind of becomes this giant game of telephone, I like to call it, right? Where they get work from the client, they send it to their team member, their team member then does it, gives it back to them. They give it back to the client. The client has feedback. You get the picture, right? Mm -hmm. So it's this back and forth where they're still in the middle. What's interesting about that is the reason that most people decide to start agencies is because they have grown to the point of where they can't take on any work themselves anymore. They're at their capacity. They are maxed out on either what they can personally do capacity-wise or what they can make just on their own. And so they're ready to do more than that. And so they decide to hire team members, not realizing that if they're the only primary point of contact, they still have the same foundational problem or fundamental problem in terms of everything lives and dies on them. Mm -hmm. So if they are sick, their clients don't know their other team members. So they're not going to their other team members to ask for help or ask for what they need. If they decide to go on vacation, everything stops until they come back. Whereas with an agency, I'll give my example, I'm 90% out of the day to day. We have clients who have never met me, who know that I exist, but don't know me personally. And we have other project managers that are the primary points of contact for those clients. So they are still served and supported very, very well, but it doesn't all depend on how much I can personally produce. Wow. This makes me feel like when I was going through my evolution of having an agency, I really initially... I had a team. I didn't really Mm -hmm. have an agency and it was, it was like suffocating because in an agency model, I had more clients. The whole reason I did this was I had a lead, you know, supply, like I had more leads than I knew what to do with by myself yet. I didn't structure it correctly. And so I was like the front, the middle, the back end Uh of all the conversations. (laughs) And it was, I didn't have, it was too much to be able to shuffle and to market. And that's the thing that is, always something that comes to me is if you're going to lead an agency, you've got more volume. So you're going to be, you need to be comfortable in having more conversations and doing the marketing part and like quality assurance. So it didn't take me very long to realize I could not be like super highly controlling over everything and want to be the point of contact because you just, you run out of capacity. And that's the whole problem that you were trying to solve by right. going into this. And then on the, it didn't take me very long before I flipped over and was like, okay, wait, 
<laughs> the three people I had that were working with me, I was like, okay, so you guys are going to be client facing and forward facing. And that was the shift. And that's really when I grew up. That's when mm-hmm. I can tell you, I really moved into being able to replace myself and minimize the day-to-day, at least in the delivery part, because I was still heavy in the marketing side. So yeah, thanks for that distinction. I know that that's super helpful. And you get to decide where you are in business if you want to create a duplicate of you or if it's, you know, <laughs> leveraging someone for a specialized skill. Right. So, and and I want to say something about that because I think that a lot of people are like, especially when it comes to strategy, that's where I get a lot of pushback in terms of like, well, I need to be in the strategy. And I think that there are so many ways to kind of run your agency, right? And there's so many ways to still be in the doing if you want to be. But the reality is if you are in the day-to-day doing that's probably going to still burn you out because you now have the CEO level things like you were talking about, like marketing, as well as taking care of your team, as well as working with clients. And so that's the place where a lot of times they say, okay, well, can you pull yourself out of everything but strategy? Because we can set the strategy in the beginning and kind of have parts where we check back in, but that doesn't require us to be in the day-to-day all the time with the clients implementing basically. Yeah. Thank Mm -hmm. you. That's really good. When you think like in all the students that you have worked with and coached, how would you describe what are the typical traits of someone who makes a great or ideal agency owner? Mm -hmm. I think that they have to be somebody who is not afraid to build the plane as they're flying it. Because the problem with agency ownership is that it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing, right? So if you wait until you're totally ready to hire those team members, that means you have to create like a hundred different SOPs, but you don't have time to do that because you're already too much in the doing and that's what you're trying to get out of. And so my whole philosophy is slowly hiring those team members to support you and being really honest and upfront about the fact like we're going to be building this plane as we fly it. So I think people who aren't afraid to kind of just dive in and say, I know the first maybe step or two of this, but I can't see the whole staircase kind of thing. I think the other thing is you have to like and enjoy working with people. If you are a person who struggles with that or doesn't enjoy it, you probably won't enjoy agency ownership. And then also you have to be a person that has so much resilience because there are going to be times when a team member lets you down, when a client is angry and you have to deal with that, when something comes up that you know is unexpected. So if that is going to frazzle you to the point of being like, well, I knew I should never have started this thing, it's not going to work. So I talk about the fact all the time, you know, I've had to fire team members. I've had team members quit. I've had team members make big mistakes on client accounts. I the whole gamut. And I understand that any business, Starbucks is usually my example of this, right? If Starbucks closed every time a barista got an order wrong, oh my gosh, we would have no Starbucks. (laughs) And And then 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 I would be sad. (laughs) Then what would we do, Natalie? (laughs) Side note and high tangent right here, but you turned me on to the medicine ball. Remember when I I boxed you, I was like, so what goes into this? Because I'm going up to Starbucks and they're telling me they don't know what I'm talking about. Oh and my gosh. <laughs> they got rid of that tea. You know what? They did. But now I have, I'll send you the home remedy. I have the official home remedy web. <laughs> Sorry. Side note. I know, but that you've got a friend It here. was very needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's very similar to, you know, any business is yes. going to have its ups and downs and employees that don't work out and they still bounce back and mm-hmm. they fight through it. Yeah. Resilience is a really strong word. And this kind of goes along this just to add to this, like 
an effective communicator and someone who is open and willing to communicate because Mm -hmm. you as the agency owner are not only taking care of the team and making sure that they're happy, that they're fulfilled, that they're also doing good work and giving them feedback. But on the other end, you're dealing with the client who, Mm -hmm. you know, may or may not be client facing to you, depending on how big or, or where you are, how you've set up your agency, but you are ultimately responsible for the final deliverable and product expectations and satisfaction. So you've got two different sides and, you know, the more people, the more work it is. So you have to, like you said, really enjoy people. But the other piece is really be an effective communicator, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're not, you know, afraid to have hard conversations and still be able to be enterprising and encouraging and insightful and strategic and all of those other pieces. Definitely. Definitely. I feel like agency owners are... Yes, those personality traits that we just talked about. But the Mm -hmm. other part of this is when you've got some, I'm going to call it intellectual property, and maybe that would be better replaced with authority, like Mm. experience, right? We have both evolved into the places that we are today. We weren't born with this authority. I mean, some may say that we were born, you know, (laughs) literally. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as being authorities in the work that we do, that was accumulated with experience. And Mm -hmm. I believe that agency owners really shine whenever they have got something, you know, that they're deeply invested and have become an authority in. Like for you, the whole launches, like launches. When we had first become friends years and years ago, that wasn't your go-to. It was because Mm -hmm. you were doing one-to-one work. You figured out you liked it. You developed a system and a process. And then all of a sudden... I won't say all of a sudden because it's certainly not like a, <laughs> but snap, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but you had that and that's what led you here. Right. And I do think that it has to be, it's not even about niching down. It is that authority piece in whatever you're doing. I call it agency find your offer. And it kind of, it helps with the messaging side of it as you're building your agency. It also helps with your team because if you're offering everything under the sun, nobody knows really how to refer you, especially as you grow as an agency. And your team also doesn't have really standardized processes, really templatized structure to be able to repeat the same client experience over and over and over again, which is exactly what you need for an agency. I'm glad we're talking about this because I think of like operations, when we're talking about operational, like an operational body of work, you can be a generalist or you can be a specialist and you can pick one or the other. And sometimes you can have an hybrid. I mean, there's a lot of creative ways to do this, but most of us will go down one of those paths, either being a generalist, like holistically looking at operations on a day-to-day from a day-to-day perspective inside of one or two, maybe three businesses. And then the other side is like, I'm going to be a discipline expert. I'm going to do launches or I'm going to be a project manager, or I'm going to do human resources or hiring Mm -hmm. or whatever that may look like. But you pick a body of work and you, you become the owner of that intellectual property and, and that one particular piece and that specialization That's where I see agency owners having a lot of opportunity and you nailed it. It's really Mm -hmm. being able to effectively communicate what you do and people know without a doubt when the scope is so big, like day-to-day operational work, I think I've seen people do it, but I think it's hard to do. It's a hard deliverable. Yeah. It's definitely way harder because it's harder to communicate. And especially if people are going to trust you as an agency, they want to know that like they're going to be experts on this thing as an agency. So I think that that's definitely easier, the easier route to communicate in the long run. 
Yeah, man, you're flashing me back to when I thought I was going to grow an agency based off of our strategic mapping model. We have seven strategic objectives. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to replicate this for all small business. I'm going to have a leader over all of those (laughs) and like be, (laughs) oh, girl, I would have to have like 25 employees and and 100 clients. And that would be a lot. And so you're not going to see me doing that. But if anyone who's listening here wants to do that, that would be a pretty awesome model. (laughs) (laughs) So let's dive in a little deeper into the, as you're listening to this, you're thinking, yeah, you know what? This is right for me. This is something I aspire to do, or this is something I'm doing and I didn't even know it, or this is an opportunity I have on the horizon. So if you're at that place where you're interested in making that shift, let's talk about kind of the mindset and some tangible things that happen as you switch in your words from a me to a we business. What are some of the things that come up in that shift? Because I certainly remember them, but I know you have a lot more experience having worked (laughs) with so many people. I think the biggest one that I get a lot of times is, well, everybody's coming to me for me. Everybody wants to work Mm -hmm. with me. Like, how do I make that shift? And I tell the story all the time that I had a coach years and years ago. I think I was having this kind of like same kind of crisis in my mind. And she was like, Tasha, you're not that special. I was like, "Um, excuse me. Do you know (laughs) me? I am Tasha. (laughs) And here, like once I got over my ego, like what she was really saying was, yes, Tasha as a person is special. But I have created a process. I have created a framework. And the reality is, if I stopped doing excellent work, stopped working through my process with clients, they wouldn't come to me, right? They wouldn't keep coming to me. So I already had a repeatable something. It was just all in my brain. It was still all in my head. Once I was able to put that down in paper and start training and teaching other people on how to do that... Yes, I still need to hire for culture fit and for personality and for soft skills, but the hard skills are kind of the thing that I can A, also hire for and B, train in in my process in the way that I do it. So once I got kind of over that and looked at it as, oh, this is, I already have something repeatable. I just need to get it out and I can lead conversations and change it from that me to we, which really supports clients being okay with working with somebody other than me, right? I remember when I was first making this shift and thinking, I had so many, you hit on many of them, but when I would Mm -hmm. be talking with prospects and explaining our process to them, thinking, oh my God, they're going to say no as soon as I tell them (laughs) that I'm handing them over to Diana, to our lead hiring you know, manager, that they're going to be like, oh no, I'm not giving you any money for Mm -hmm. that because it's not you. And I never once had somebody tell me, oh, it's not going to be you. I'm out. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I told myself and I held on to clients as in that other model that we were talking about, where it's more of a team model, where I was mm-hmm. managing all the communications, the relationship, the deliverables. And yes, I had hands on the back end doing it. But even those gals that were helping me, they were not in their best expression either. And so as we all kind of shifted, it really elevated everybody. Our deliverable got better. We could charge more. Yeah. The level of client that was coming in was better. And guess what? I was doing just, and I'm still in the same place in my agency where I'm just doing the discovery and the sales call. And then we hand off the entire process. I'm connected through it and, you know, I'm informed and all of that. I I will of course step in and handle any issues that come up, but I've been able to step out like 90, 95% of the way because I've got people who are even better than me. 
And that's, <laughs> that is what I sell on the sales call. I'm like, you know what? Kara is an amazing launch strategist. And she is, especially the last two years, she's been so much more in the launches day in and day out that she now understands it probably better than I do, mm-hmm. you know, same thing with tech and everything. And so once the clients hear that and you play up the team members that you have and you tell them why it is going to be awesome to work with them. Yeah. Our clients, they really don't have an issue with it anymore. And I think it's a matter of starting that level setting from the beginning. You know, I never apologize for it. I start with, okay, let me tell you how we work. So once you become a member or a client of the Launch Guild, you're going to have a project manager. They're going to be your point of contact. And it just becomes matter of fact. And you're right. Nobody cares. No one has once. I really stopped myself for probably, I don't know, six months, a year because I was scared to, you know, it's like when you go to like elevate your price and you're like, the first time I say that number, people are going to be like, I'm out. And no one ever says they're out. Right. right? Same Mm -hmm. exact scenario. So I wanted to make sure that we talked about that me to we, because, you know, it's not only the perception from the client's viewpoint, but it's also are, especially mm-hmm. as operators, we got a lot of controlling tendencies up in here. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, talking through the part of you not thinking that your solution is the only solution, you know, I have developed as a person, a human, an operator, a leader by having our team of hiring managers bring me different perspectives, different mm-hmm. processes, or added on, develop, you know, further developed our processes that exist. The foundation of them are all mine, but it's really beautiful to look now and say, hey, you know, three, four years later of having this, the bones are the same, but there's a lot of really cool things that have come out that were not mine initially. And it wouldn't have been that way if I didn't have, you know, this team who is smart, intelligent and leading and doing their research. Like some of them, one of them just came to me recently and said, hey, did you see this regulation? No, I did not see that regulation, (laughs) but I'm so glad you did. (laughs) But that's because my part of the business is more on the sales part now, and she's Mm -hmm. the discipline expert. And it didn't start like that. Yeah, we do the same thing. I have team members come to me all the time and say like, have you seen this piece of tech? And I'm like, I have not, but I will go look at it and I will see if it's something that we want to offer, you know, Mm -hmm. our client support around. But it's really great being able to put our heads together and everybody being in their complete zones of genius instead of me trying to do all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fast forward here. If this is something Mm -hmm. that you're thinking, oh, goodness gracious, like I aspire to have an agency. Everything that she's been talking about is something I'm ready to walk into. I want to affirm that Tasha's got a great program and one of the leading programs for people who want to step into this. She has done the work. She is the expert in it. And she's built that authority to where she can you know, bundle this up and get you a head start a faster on a faster track to being an agency owner in whatever discipline that it is that you want to go into. And so she's got a program that is really the gold standard for agency owners in our space. Do you want to talk about the program for a little bit and then talk about what you've got coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So my program is called Agency Thrive Mind. It is six months and it's a combination of one-on-one coaching, group coaching, as well as course content. And we have people in there that are just starting their agency journeys. So they're just hiring their first or second team member all the way up to people who are seasoned agency owners and are in the multiple six figures in their agencies yearly and everything in between. And I think the reason that it works so well is because in the Meetawee framework, so that's my framework model, we really teach a six-step program that is kind of more like 
I like to call it an onion, right? And so step one, that first time you go through step one, you're just peeling back that first layer of things. And we go on and on with the steps over and over again so that you are kind of focusing differently when you get to become a more seasoned agency owner. But it's a lot of the same things, just in a deeper and different way. We are now on year three of this program. It's crazy. (laughs) And I just so enjoy teaching it and seeing all of the ahas and seeing people get over their limiting beliefs about what's possible. Every single week when we have office hours, just people are just like, oh my gosh, I let my team member do this from start to finish and the world did not implode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So yeah. And then our program basically that we have leading up to it right now is called Leadership Trifecta. And it is a three-day workshop style happening May 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And each one of the days is focused on a different area of leadership. So leading yourself, leading your company, and leading your team. I've gotten some questions around like, well, why leadership and why not like pricing? Because everybody's like, what should I price my services at? And I'm like, everything starts and Mm ends with leadership. I was going to say. Yeah. If you are a great and effective leader, you will understand how that informs how you price when you hire, how you support your team members, right? All of those pieces fall into place when your leadership falls into place. So that's why we decided on leadership trifecta instead of, you know, the pricing Pricing yeah. pinnacle, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting to the root first. We yeah. kind of do the same thing with our scope creep, but mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity for you guys who are, if everything we've been talking about is like, ooh, I'm really, really interested in this. I wanted you to know about Agency Thrive Mind because if this isn't the right time or you're listening to this later on in the year, or years down the road, <laughs> then I want you to know that this program exists. If you're listening to it live, and you're still, of course, considering it, I still want you to have an option to understand how Tasha teaches, how she communicates and make sure that validate that this would be a great fit. She's an awesome, awesome leader. And I would love for you guys to go through the leadership trifecta regardless. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're both inviting you to check that out. What is the link or where should they go to register? Yes. So it's TashaBooth.com forward slash trifecta. Perfect. Awesome. So that starts on May the 23rd. So I hope you guys will take us up on that and head over there and make yourself available for that week. She's got some good stuff, always good trainings and really big takeaways, which are going to help all of us, even if you're not on an agency path today. Miss Tasha, thank you so much for hanging out and making me aware of all the cool things that are happening inside of the minds of agency owners. (laughs) It was so fun as always. (laughs) Awesome, Tasha. Take care. We'll see you soon. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.